you vampires and haters. Welcome back to the Kowski cast. I'm Mary Kukowski. And I'm Rachel Stukenborg. And today we are back for another episode of Twifight, the only podcast on the internet that debates the pros and cons of the Twilight Saga. This week we're breaking down chapters five and six of the first Twilight novel. Let's get to it. Okay, so we're starting with chapter five here, which is blood type. Now this is my favorite chapter in all of Twilight. Really? Yes. Hot take. Okay. Also, I'm going to say I'm going to be completely allowed to change that at any later point. But from memory (laughs) at this moment, this is my favorite chapter. So spoilers on where I'm going to rank this. It's going to be high. I'm going to need you to defend that. That statement. We'll get to that. (laughs) One thing that I was thinking about when reading this, I was talking to my sister. I'm like, man, I love this chapter, you know, where they do the blood typing and they have that conversation at lunch. And Laura was like, that's not in the movie. And then I remembered, it's not in the movie. And this is why I really love it because this is a really important chapter in my opinion. It's also kind of a filler chapter but it's important because when you read the book or you watch the movie especially it's really easy for people to just summarize Twilight and be like he's a vampire and this girl and they meet and instantly fall in love and we've already talked a bit about how that's not really the case. We've already had four chapters where they're certainly not in love. She might be afraid of him bordering on obsession but this is the chapter where they start actually getting to know each other. And there's a lot of kind of personal conversation in it that I really, really like. And I think it moves the story along. And I think it's some of the, the best Bella that we get in the book in chapter okay. five. So I really like it. That's interesting. I found the conversation that happens in this chapter between Edward and Bella to be a little repetitive of something we heard in the last chapter. But I guess I guess there's a different feel There's to a it. different tone because I think that they're being a bit more honest with each other, actually. Yeah. Like, he's not straight out telling her anything yet, and he's not going to for a couple more chapters. Right. But he's he's dropping a lot of hints. So okay. let's get into it. So the last chapter ended with Edward telling her, hey, I'm going to drive you to Seattle, but by the way, you should stay away from me. Yes. <laughs> it's like, what? Giving mm-hmm. her some whiplash, dude. So this one starts off, Bella goes to class, and she's kind of still in a daze from Edward asking her to hang out. So this chapter starts immediately after the last chapter. She walks into class and he says, thank you for joining us, Miss Swan, Mr. Mason said in a disparaging tone. And I picked up on this because we had this vocab book in like ninth grade called Word Power that was so, it was, just, it was sucked. It sucked. Everyone hated Word Power. But that was I, the first word we learned from Word Power. And the writing in here <laughs> tends, tends to take words from Word Power, I've noticed. I feel like there was a, a thesaurus in yes. use during the writing of this book. Yeah, we mentioned that. That's something that Twilight gets a lot of hate for is just feeling like a high schooler with a thesaurus. Wow, I had completely blocked out word power until you mentioned this. Yeah, I Yeah, word mine. power. That was a thing. Gosh. Yeah. So we skim through the first part of the day pretty fast. It's lunchtime and Bella's heart drops, of course, because she notices that Edward is not in his usual table with his family and she's like, man, guess he left. And so something I think is funny about this chapter there's this whole subplot. I've mentioned this before, which is why we're keeping track of it. Of There's a lot of chapters in the Twilight series where there's a subplot mixed in with the normal dialogue and whatever else is happening of Bella cooking. And in this whole <laughs> chapter, or this scene at least, there's a subplot with a lemonade bottle because <laughs> Bella loses her appetite and buys a bottle of lemonade. And I don't know why this really stuck with me because this is something I remember from high school. Like in the time when there was a lot of drama around whether or not you were dating or if there was just like a person you had a crush on or maybe like you were gonna sit next to someone you liked at lunch. Like I vividly remember losing my appetite a lot and just getting like a bottle of lemonade. Really? I think because the, the citrusiness kind of calms you down. It's a okay. little bit, they can be a little bit carbonated sometimes or I would sometimes get like, I don't know, I didn't drink a lot of soda so I didn't, I wouldn't get like ginger ale or Sprite mm-hmm. but it would be like lemonade or we had these other fizzy juices in our uh, high school cafeteria. 
area. Right. But I definitely remember that. This just took me back for some reason. I don't know if I ever did that. I think I got ice cream for lunch sometimes because I was like, <laughs> you know what? It's an ice cream day. But I don't think I don't think yeah. I ever just got a drink. I was a hungry girl. 11th and 12th grade. I vividly remember a lot. Like I'd be hungry, but it, a lot of like dating. I was just so nervous to like sit at lunch with whoever I was dating or something. So I would get a bottle of lemonade and usually a bag of pretzels and just Aww. like nibble on that. And was, I lost a lot of weight in high school. No. <laughs> this. Don't but, pull a Bella. Yeah. No, I know. Don't do it. I feel like that's kind of accurate because I think it's really easy to read this book and be like, oh, she loses her appetite so fast over some boy. And it's like, <laughs> dude, that happens, man. True. I lose my appetite for other things. I don't know if I've ever lost my appetite for a boy. Not to downplay that. That's just not something that does it for me. People are different because some people like when they get stressed out, they eat. It's the opposite. Yeah. I just, okay. I yeah. To, like not eat. That's but me. some people are like that because you know there's also like the whole trope of you know like gallon of ice cream and mm. whatnot when you're sad. Ice cream days at lunch. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we've already <laughs> figured out which one we are. Um. But so Edward is in fact there and he asks Bella to come sit with him and they have this conversation and they're sort of trying to be friends but Edward keeps telling Bella to stay away from him mm-hmm. also throughout this conversation. So I like this one and this is something that Bella does a lot with her fellow classmates. I was gonna say friends but let's be honest Bella doesn't really care about these people no not at is- all she's like oddly perceptive certain times so here her friend Jessica is like oh why does Edward want to sit with you and Bella knows enough to know that like she should probably be downplaying this so she says maybe he just needs help with biology homework hmm. and like saying that for her benefit we're like she knows he doesn't need help with biology homework right interesting and you're right she knows nothing about like why he was able to stop the car and why he's like being weird he just she just knows there's something up and she knows Edward doesn't want other people to know. So she yeah. lies for him. Yeah, she's she's good about that. Yeah. Also, I just think it's hilarious the way he initiated the conversation. He's sitting by himself away from his family in the cafeteria. She starts to sit down with her lemonade bottle with her quotation marks friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she notices he's at this table by himself and he does the like come here girl like with his finger like the, like one the little finger. finger wiggle it's like come mm-hmm. here i imagine he's sitting there like one eyebrow raised oh god like, mm-hmm. yeah yeah definitely he does that mm-hmm. and you know so she goes over of course she does there's also a few lines in this conversation that are in the movie but are just totally butchered one of them is is one of my favorites where he says well i decided as long as i was going to hell i might as well do, do it thoroughly <laughs> and in the movie, they just like throw this line out in a random scene, and he doesn't even really say the the whole thing. She just kind of like walking with him. Yeah, she's walking with him through the parking lot, and he's just like, "Well, if I'm going to hell, and that's it, and that's just what they say." I'm like, that's <laughs> well, completely what? out of context. It's like they liked the line, but they didn't use it in the right way. And what I like about this whole conversation is he keeps saying kind of weird, enigmatic things like that, and she's like, "I have no clue what you're talking about." And he's like, "Yeah, I know." <laughs> they just kinda- yeah, there was. Something she said that was really that was kind of funny, and to me, just like I can't imagine being in this conversation and like being okay with it. But she was like, he was being all cryptic, and she was like, yeah, I don't understand any of it. <laughs> she yeah. said that to him. I I love that she's just honest with it. Yeah. But he's also being super suspicious. Like, she asks him if why he's not eating, and he's just like, I'm not hungry. Like, as if it's a private joke. (laughs) I I mean, this whole non-eating thing, the Cullens never eat. You would think someone would have noticed that and would have asked about it. And they're not, like, emaciated either. Right, right. They're never eating, but they're, like, some of them are, like, super jacked. (laughs) Yeah. And, like, I never ate in the cafeteria either, for the most part, besides Mm -hmm. my, like, lemonade bottle. But I would buy lunch and then just take it to the next class usually i just like mm. eat in class a lot of times it's too busy hanging out <laughs> you gotta talking. chat during lunch you gotta play in hacky eat. sack i didn't play hacky sack <laughs> no no we played what did we do i feel like we did something during lunch i feel like there was a game we would play occasionally i don't know i remember there was like one week in school it's probably like, the last week of school that a bunch of people were carrying around just solo cups and they kept playing water pong oh my god like everywhere <laughs> that's it we played water pong yeah had to get ready that. for college oh yeah but he also says some other stuff that's kind of suspicious like oh your friends look mad that i've taken you away she's like oh they'll survive he goes Mm -hmm. well i might i might not give you back though like dude why are you being so creepy yeah like being all weird stop making it weird just (laughs) yeah try to be my friend and make it less weird the other one is what the heck is a crooked smile okay (laughs) 
I've noticed this so many times. And it's not just Twilight. Like, a lot of places yeah. use crooked – I don't know what a crooked smile is. I can't do it. I think what it means is, like, it kind of goes with the eyebrow raise you're talking about. It's, like, one side of the mouth goes higher than the other, and you get that, like, mischievous smile. But that's, like, smile. half smile. I wouldn't call that – like, crooked implies, like <laughs> – I'm trying to Y'all do Y'all can't it. see the zoom, but <laughs> – I'm trying. It's, like, up – and then it like does a zigzag. <laughs> it does a zigzag. It's like a Harry Potter scar on your mouth. Yeah. Okay, no, there's an actress I can think of that does it. I can't think of her name right now. She's in Game of Thrones. She's uh Marjorie. What's her what's the actress's oh, name? Oh Natalie Marjorie. Dormer. Natalie Dormer. Look her up. Look at her smile. That's what I picture. Oh, she certainly does the little, mm. Mm-hmm. It's like half up. It's the mm-hmm. half raise. Okay, well, yeah. let us know in the comments if you believe that that's what they mean by a crooked smile. Right. Or are his teeth just like messed up and that's what they mean? I, no. Yeah, He has perfect teeth, according to earlier descriptions. And that goes with his general bad boy vibe. Mm-hmm. Sure, certainly. Yeah, there's, there's just a lot of really great things in here. In summary, where we're at with the Edward-Bella relationship. He was indifferent to her. Then he was really angry at her for one day. Then he just disappeared for a week. Then they had that one sexy bio conversation. (laughs) Then he saved her life. Then he ignored her for six weeks. And then he said we shouldn't be friends. And then he laughed when all the guys were asking her out. And then now they're flirty friends. Sounds about right. Yeah. So we've gone through a lot of emotions. And while we're only on chapter five, it's been like two months. Oh, So... You know, they've known each other for a little while at this point. Yeah. There's actually a really funny part in Fifty Shades of Grey that reminds me of this. I haven't read those. Okay, well, maybe we'll do that later. (laughs) So since Fifty Shades of Grey is a Twilight fan fiction, there's clearly a lot of stuff that was directly derived from this. And I think the whole Edward being like, don't be friends with me, JK, be friends with me thing. Mm -hmm. That's in a scene in Fifty Shades of Grey where the the person who's playing the Bella type character in that is having a phone conversation conversation when she's drunk with the Edward type character (laughs) and she's just like you're so confusing you're like come here no go away no come back no stay away (laughs) it's really great so I felt like that was pretty accurate to this whole conversation is that like supposed to be a direct reference to this conversation I I mean I'm sure that's where the author got the Mm -hmm. idea at the very least in the fan fiction version but I I thought that was pretty funny that is so she's also just pretty blunt with him throughout this conversation she's like he's like what are you thinking about she says just trying to figure out what you are What you are. Yeah. Not like, what's your deal? What are you? I know that you have some kind of superpowers. I love how (laughs) blunt she is. So there's this whole part on page 90 that I've talked about before about like real Bella, what we interpret as Bella, where she's very snarky and sarcastic. And he's like, oh, it's so frustrating that you don't just tell me what you think. She's like, no, I can't imagine why that would be frustrating at all. Just because (laughs) someone refuses to tell you what they're thinking, even if all the while they're making cryptic little remarks specifically designed to keep you up at night wondering what they could possibly mean. Now, why would that be frustrating? Did she say all that? I already forgot. Yes. That was good. She continues, or better. I continued, the pent-up annoyance flowing freely now. Say that person also did a wide variety of bizarre things, from saving your life under impossible circumstances one day to treating you like a pariah the next. And he never explained any of that either, even after he promised. That also would be very non-frustrating. And then he's just like, you've got a bit of a temper, don't you? (laughs) I love all of this. I think this is such good conversation from them. You know what? It's just so typical that this is all what they cut out of the movie. Mm, Fact. Anyway. That is good. I enjoy that. I like that we're just getting more conversation from them too. And I like that they're not just, or that Stephanie Meyer didn't just throw them together like we talked about before. So then another line that is used in the movie here where she's guessing, she's telling him her theories. She says maybe he was bit by a radioactive spider. And then he says, no, kryptonite doesn't bother me either, which is funny. And then he says, what if I'm not the superhero? What if I'm the bad guy? Which is another one that's used in the movie, which is actually put in the cafeteria so I feel like they were trying but it just feels like Mm. a little more cringy and out of place (laughs) this one I like it better because they're having this kind of joking conversation about what he is and then he gets all serious he's like what if I'm not the superhero what if I'm the bad guy (laughs) whereas in the movie it's like no conversation she just walks up to him and he's like don't be friends with me and she's like wow that's frustrating and he's like what if I'm not the superhero what if I'm the bad guy (laughs) (laughs) oh without the whole like 
without the whole friendly conversation. Yeah, I feel like it's not actually. I don't know. She might ask him if he was bit by a radioactive spider. I need oh, to watch okay. it again because in that version, he just assumes that she thinks he's a superhero. I maybe I don't remember, but okay. I just know that they don't have. They're not sitting together. They're not hanging out. They're not getting to know each other. It's just like she's mad at him and storms up to him and is tired of him being all cryptic. True. But anyway, we don't get the sexy Camille. <laughs> we certainly do not. There's one thing about their exchanges that just bothers me so much. Edward, like, laughs at everything. And, like, even when it's not funny. He laughs at her in a way that's making fun of her. Like, like what? when the guys were asking her to the dance, she could see him laughing in the rearview mirror. And, like, he laughs at the friends, like, looking over at her and wondering why she's there. I wish I had written down some examples. I'll write down some examples for next time. But he's just, like, he's constantly just giggling at everything. You know someone who just laughs at everything? You've reached the point where it's like, okay... I didn't say anything funny. <laughs> a little bit malicious in this, like the examples you're bringing up. He's laughing more so like at Bella's expense because he knows that he knows that he's making her friends upset. He knows that these guys are going to ask her out that she doesn't like. Mm-hmm. And the reason a lot of this, I think, is a lot more. It's easier to understand if you read Midnight Sun, which I have not done yet. But I <laughs> read I read the, the, you know, half of it that was released. The cheater version. Right. I read that like 10 years ago, but yeah. I haven't read the actual official book yet but from my memory of it the reason he's laughing is it's more like a private joke to himself because he he's hearing well spoilers alert he's (laughs) spoilers he's hearing the thoughts of these guys and so he knows what they're doing and so he's like enjoying this private joke where he's laughing much like when she says aren't you hungry and he laughs and says no i'm not hungry it's Mm -hmm. because he knows that he can't actually eat like of course he's hungry he's always hungry really well i guess you're right but it would annoy me if he's just constantly laughing and everything like at my expense. Yeah. Well, he's kind of a twihard. <laughs> not going to say that he's not. She said it, not me. <laughs> Bella notices that it's time for class and he says that he's not going, that he's going to be skipping class because it's healthy to skip now and then. Now, let's just put these things together. Bella gets to class and they're doing b- blood typing in biology. If I knew that some guy had some kind of superhero powers and he's skipping class on the one day related to blood, like, I feel like that's a dead giveaway. It's something you should notice. Especially because we found out later he didn't really leave the school. He just kind of didn't go to that class. Right. It's not like he was heading home early Mm -hmm. or whatever. Or leaving to go get a sandwich. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think he could probably play it off to be like, oh, he's squeamish or something. Mm -hmm. But he couldn't even be in the room. Yeah, it's interesting. So (laughs) they go to this class and, okay, here, could you talk about what the teacher does to poor Mike? Because they <laughs> cracked me up. This is so funny. Yeah, so they walk into bio class and Bella finds out they're doing blood typing. <laughs> the way the teacher shows how it's done, he passes out all the supplies to everyone and then he asks Mike to come to the front of the class and he's like, then you just take the needle <laughs> and he stabs it into Mike's hand, like, without warning him that it's coming. Just... <laughs> Just freaking stabs him with this needle to draw blood. That feels illegal. The The sentence is literally, he says, then I want you to carefully prick your fingers with the lancet. He grabbed Mike's hand and jabbed the spike into the tip of Mike's middle finger. Now, maybe this is just Bella's perspective where she's like making it all sound much more terrifying than it is. But like, yeah, just, and I've gotten, you know, shots over the years for Mm -hmm. various things for sports or whatever. And the worst one to me is when they prick your finger. Like that hurts way more than a shot in your, in your shoulder or something. Because it, I think it's just a more sensitive area and then Mm -hmm. you have to like do stuff with your hand for the rest of the day. So so you're always feeling it. So I did not like this. Now, have you ever had blood typing in school? No, I haven't. I even gave blood and they didn't type me. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I feel like I have this memory in my mind of being told that I'm, oh, whichever one's the universal donor. Donor? I think that's O-neg. I don't know. I don't know One of the two. But I actually have no idea if that's accurate. I, I feel like I'm O something or other, but I don't know why I think that because I have not been blood type. Maybe when they pricked my finger, they told me. I just don't remember. I don't have it written down anywhere. Yeah. 
they didn't take my blood in class, but I did have a similar experience to what we're about to read about. So Bella, we learn, does not like the sight of blood. When she realizes they're doing blood typing and then seeing Mike's hand get ruthlessly stabbed by the teacher with no warning and then seeing everyone do their own finger, she starts to like get woozy. She starts to pass out. She doesn't completely pass out because Mike... I noticed it's her, I guess, and the teacher tells him to take her to the nurse. Mm-hmm. I have a story. <laughs> Do you want to hear it? Yeah. Is so, it as great as my hurting my neck in college story? It's, yeah. It's right on par with that. Great. Because it's Tell so me. embarrassing. We had to take this, like, mandatory health class in college, like, freshman year. One of the topics was, like, the blood system. There's a better word for that. Not the blood system. Circulatory system. Circulatory system, yeah. Obviously didn't do great in this class. (laughs) I'm kidding. I just don't remember anything from uh, freshman year. We were talking about the different types of blood vessels. Capillaries, veins, arteries. I think the professor was telling the story of Princess Diana and how she died. I should have Googled this before I'm about to talk about it. But I believe that the force of the car accident tore one of the arteries in her neck and that's how she died. So at the beginning of this class, the teacher was like, so we're going to talk about blood today. If you're scared of blood, you don't have to stay. There's always one that passes out. (laughs) Foreshadowing. So if you're feeling faint, like just step out if you need to. So she was telling the story of Princess Diana and I was like just imagining that feeling. I get like secondhand pain when mm-hmm. I hear stories of people hurting themselves in these terrible ways. And I was like getting that of the story of Princess Diana. And I just like, it hit me so fast. I started feeling like kind of dizzy. So I just closed my eyes and I was like, it'll pass. And the next thing I know, I hear my friend who was sitting, ne- sitting next to me say, Professor, we have a problem over here. <laughs> And then I opened my eyes to the professor, like, holding my wrist, taking my pulse, and then I realized I passed out on blood day. (laughs) Well, there's always one. There's always one, and it was me in this huge lecture hall. It was, like, 200 people in there. It was so embarrassing. Well, I have a question for you about that, and it's also a question for Bella here. I mean, you're not, like, a crazy injury-prone person, but, I mean, (laughs) you know, we'd climb trees and stuff, and Mm -hmm. you've definitely, I've definitely seen you at times when you've scraped your leg or, you know, poked yourself and been bleeding, and you didn't pass out. Yeah, that's the thing. I'm not afraid of the sight of blood, so I don't know what happened to me. I think it's, it's, like, low blood pressure runs in my family, and I think it's just things like that can happen. Like, whenever I have to draw blood at the doctor, I start to feel a little faint. Or when I donate blood, I feel a little faint. Honestly, if I just, like, don't eat lunch, which I think I didn't eat lunch that day, it just happens. So, yeah. I remember at the end of class, I walked up to the professor and I was like, I don't know why that happened. I'm not afraid of blood. (laughs) Sorry for making a scene. Yeah. It's interesting. So, you guys weren't even, you weren't even going to be giving blood in that class. No. We didn't even You're see just any blood. I just it. got like weird secondhand pain and passed out. Interesting. It sucked. Interesting. Oh, and I fell on my friend. I like fell into well, his lap. Yeah, basically. that's why they. That's why they had a problem over there. <laughs> that was the problem. I remember oh, thinking gosh. in my weird like fifty percent conscious state, I was like, "Oh, what's the problem? I'm the problem." <laughs> yeah, and so Bella's clearly having the same problem. So Mike starts taking her to the nurse. When they're outside, Edward sees them because he's just like hanging out around the cafe. I guess. And so he goes up to them and another one of my favorite lines where he says, Bella, can you hear me? And she says, no, go away. <laughs> <laughs> like, I love that too. Some people are like answering the opposite of what they're saying. The whole thing with her being squeamish around blood is clearly just meant to be kind of ironic and a joke given the fact that he's a vampire. Absolutely. Which he laughs about. Yeah, but I, I want to keep track, not like officially, we don't need to note this, but let's just pay attention to the times in which Bella does her hurt herself and if this queasiness around blood ever comes up again. I'm curious to know if that happens because okay. in the very next chapter, she's going to skin skin her knees or skin her hands or something like that. And maybe oh, yeah. they weren't bleeding, but she does not seem to have an issue with that. And I would just assume that someone who's so injury prone would have experienced some blood in the past. You Plus, you know, she's a female. Big fact. Big I've always wondered, like, does Edward have to stay away from her? You know, you, yeah, <laughs> lots of, that's one of those questions that we uh, we think about, isn't it? it hard is. to avoid. Hard to avoid that thought process. <laughs> Never mentioned, but certainly, certainly a thing. You don't have to leave this in here because yep. this might be inappropriate. But I saw this tweet <laughs> recently that was like, <laughs> "Have you guys ever thought about how diva cups are just vampire shot glasses?" <laughs> <laughs> 
perfect. Yeah. I feel like, I don't know, I feel like that could have been a situation that could have worked out for them both. You know? (laughs) Very true. (laughs) Let's move away from this. So they get to the nurse's office. Of course, like, Mike's who's just kind of, like, helping her along. Like, Edward just straight up picks her up and carries her into the nurse, which is pretty funny. Yep. And then the nurse literally says, which my professor literally also said, oh, there's always one. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) There is always one. So Edward thinks it's pretty funny that she faints at the sight of blood. Mm -hmm. And there's also a conversation that I think is great where he says, like, oh, you faint at the sight of blood. And she said, it's more the smell. And he says, humans can't smell blood, which is such a weird thing for a human to say. Humans can't smell blood. I didn't even put that together. Not like we can't. That's such a... Oh my god, I did not even put that together. That is a very weird thing for a human, quote unquote, to say. Also, I can smell blood. It's like a weird metallic-y smell. Maybe it's only like when it's super strong or like if you cut your lip. Maybe it's more you can taste it. No, I mean, I feel like like I can smell blood. Like, I, I get what she's saying about it smelling like rusty. Yeah. I think that makes my it's metallic-y. Yeah. yeah. Mike comes back in with another person who fainted, Lee Stevens. Just keeping track of some of the minor characters who yeah. come up. I already forgot his name, but I realized <laughs> we mentioned Lee again in the next chapter. And I was like, who is that? By the time we heard Lee the second time, I forgot about it. Oh, and God, now I realized same. we had heard Lee already. They so. are so forgettable. These humans, you know, <laughs> These can measly smell blood. humans. They're, they just, uh, they're so forgettable. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff in these in this chapter in particular about Edward sort of teasing Bella about like Mike having a crush on her. That's definitely mentioned multiple times. You know, he think he jokingly calls Mike her boyfriend a few times. Edward's really turning on the charm here with the like secretary and gets Bella excused for class. And then he like drags her to his car. Yeah, he grabs her by her jacket hood because she's like, okay, I'm gonna get to my I'm going to go to my car and drive home. And he's like, oh, no, you're not. And instead of just saying like, hey, I'll drive you home because you weren't feeling well, he grabs her by her hood and drags her to his car. And the whole time she's like, let me go. Let me go. I mean, that's textbook kidnapping. Yeah, it's rough. Because he he says that he promised the front desk lady that he would drive her home, which, like, is semantics. I mean, she could have just taken herself home. So they they hang out in his car. She drives her home. They listen to some classical music. (laughs) They forget she was just kidnapped. Right. So they're listening to Claire de Lune. I like that song a lot. Me too. It always makes me think of Ocean's Eleven because it's the song they play at the end of Ocean's Eleven. Aw. Which I have another story about. So we had a friend, a mutual friend in high school, who he used to hang out in the band practice rooms occasionally and he would play Claire de Lune on the piano. And it was really impressive. It was really good. But I also feel like, and I'm going to say this, and like he could easily listen to this podcast one day. Sorry. I'm just going to say it anyway. He definitely learned to play this to like impress girls, I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> like this is definitely a where he's like, ooh, I'm gonna learn Claire de Lune and it's gonna be classy. <laughs> and I mean, it kind of worked. Like, I feel like the girls were impressed. I mean, I was impressed. I was impressed. Yeah. Snaps so, for that. Yeah, I remember that being a thing. I thought that was funny. <laughs> but that, yeah, that, that's Claire de Lune always makes me think of, well, now it makes me think of like Twilight because they mentioned it, but it, it mostly makes me think of Ocean's Eleven, which I think is great. Then they, they have like a long conversation talking about like her mom and how she feels like she's like an old soul kind of. Mm-hmm. He says that she seems older than 17. And yeah, and she's like, you don't seem much like a junior in high school yourself, which I didn't know. It, it wasn't confirmed. I think we guessed. It wasn't confirmed until now that they are in fact juniors yes they are in fact juniors 17 yes that makes sense you could be you could be a senior at 17 too but Mm -hmm. yeah so they're juniors he also mentions that alice his sister will take her truck back home to her later i assume that means that she gave him her keys or something so that he could go give that to her while he was kidnapping her right but this is the first time that he's gonna mention one of his siblings so i thought that was kind of interesting that's true they don't talk about his family that much he says that he doesn't remember his biological parents. Yeah, and I thought this part was interesting because he's like, oh yeah, I don't remember my biological parents, which would imply that they passed away when he was too young to remember. Right. But then he says, Carlisle and Esme have been his parents for years, and one would assume that they adopted him soon after his biological parents passed away. But Carlisle and Esme are in their 20s. Yep. Something about that math is not adding up. And that is just completely glazed over. Esme got married at like 18 and then (laughs) Freshly adopted a bunch of also teenagers. I don't know. Yeah. It's confusing. Yeah. Uh, Try not to read into it too closely. Don't do the math. 
Again, I think Carlisle and Esme are trying to pass for like low 30s, which is a stretch. Mm -hmm. But if they're trying to pass for low 30s and claimed, I mean, I guess they could have adopted him when he was like seven Mm -hmm. and they were 20 or 22, which is still kind of a lot. But, you know, they're really, there's great people in the world. And I guess that's some of them. Yeah. Throughout this conversation, he's also keeps hinting at like, I'm scary. Would your mom be okay if you dated scary? (laughs) He does that a lot, too. Yeah. He's kind of weird. He comes off a little bit creepy. He's lucky that she's obsessed with him because he is not seeming dateable in the things he says. Would you want to date scary? Yeah. And then he mentions that you probably want your truck back before Charlie comes home so you don't have to tell him about biology. And she's like, ah, he probably already knows there's no secrets in Forks, which is also a little on the nose here. Get it? Because there definitely are secrets in Forks. True, but they're like really terribly hidden. Right. What if I'm not Superman? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of that here. She asks him if he wants to come to the beach with her over the weekend. And he says... He sort of, like, plays it off, like, oh, I wasn't really invited, and also I'm going hiking tomorrow with my brother, Emmett. We're going to Goat Rocks Wilderness, Mm -hmm. and uh, later on, we're going to have Charlie, her dad, mention that the Goat Rocks Wilderness is, like, not a great place for hiking and camping because there's so many bears there. I looked it up, at least now, maybe this is different. (laughs) It's, like, a really popular hiking and camping place, so (laughs) not really sure about that, but there would be tons of snow there, probably, for March because it recommends going in July to October and that in August there can even still be snow. I went to Mount Rainier in June, I believe, once and there was definitely still snow there. So yeah, so like in March there would probably be tons of snow, I would assume. Seems a little sus if you ask me. Yeah, I mean, I guess people just like doing that kind of thing. And there's a lot in this chapter about like Edward's eyes being all smolderly, smolderly, smoldering and how, how they're making Bella all helpless but then his words snap her out of it because he's like try not to fall into the ocean (laughs) i loved that line when they're saying goodbye he says oh bella and she's like yes like all excited for like whatever he's gonna say (laughs) he says you seem to be one of those people that just attracts accidents like a magnet so try not to fall into the ocean or get run over by anything all right (laughs) Why do you like this guy? He treats you like a... Can I say... Can I curse? He. I mean, I'll, I'll probably bleep it okay. out, but sure. He treats you like my hard. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he definitely does. That's chapter five. The The blood typing stuff I thought was interesting. The conversations they had. I know we nitpicked and laughed at a lot of this because it is. It's cringy. It's funny. It's ridiculous. But I do think that it's a great chapter for them getting to know each other. It's a great Bella chapter of showing some personality, even if that personality is passing out of the slight of blood. Agreed. I enjoyed the edge in their conversation. Yes. Um, There will always be things that annoy me about Bella and that annoy me about Edward, but I enjoyed most of it. The blood thing was funny because your girl can relate. (laughs) Bella may be helpless, but Hamilton is bringing that back. So being helpless is true. (laughs) Good song. Good song. All right. So chapter six, scary stories. I actually forgot this was the next chapter. They go right into this pretty Mm -hmm. much. We kind of skip by most of Friday. Jessica wants to hear some gossip about her sitting with Edward and she's like, oh, no, nothing much happened. Like, if you know that she wants gossip, this is what I'm saying. Sometimes she's perceptive and sometimes she's great. And then sometimes like just give give her a little something. I just 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 feel like like Bella makes no effort to be friends with these people. And like we were saying last time, when she was moving to Fork, she was like, I just hope I can make friends and like not be miserable. <laughs> and all these people want to be her friends and she like gives them nothing. Just talk to your girlfriend about the boy you sat with at lunch. Oh my God, you're killing us, Bella. And and she can tell that Jessica's mostly asking her so that she can pass something on. Yeah. But that's fine. If that's the case, then just tell her trying to think of something that wouldn't be that embarrassing. Like, oh yeah, he, he was talking about the music he likes can you believe he listens to classical music i don't know just say something yeah, like that's that interesting because 
these people know nothing about the Collins and they've all wondered about the Collins. You know, Mary, I would be telling you everything that happened yeah. at that lunch table. We'd be breaking down. We'd be, and that's the problem here, I think, is that just Bella doesn't trust Jessica. And I'm not saying that she should yeah. because Jessica is probably going to go gossip about all this, but she needs some girlfriend that she can just talk to or some friend in general that she can spill these secrets to. Yeah, especially so, when let's work on Edward that. is saying things like, oh, I might not give you back. Seems like you might want someone to bounce that idea off of. Now, we know who Bella is not going to be friends with. She's not going to be friends with effing Lauren. <laughs> so, Lauren. We started this last chapter, but we're going to continue on with our effing Lauren count is what I have Lauren. here. Lauren. Did we start this last time? I think I we mentioned think we... it. We were like, who is this girl, Lauren, yeah. who hates Bella because she was mad about like Tyler asking her to the dance or something? I think we we made character teams and I liked Lauren because she was like, she guys, like I don't get why everyone's obsessed with Bella. And I was right. like, girl, me too. But yes. I don't know, Lauren got a little bad. She got a little rough this chapter. I don't know if I want her on my team anymore. You can have her. I don't want Lauren either. So Lauren says here, I don't know why Bella, she's sneered my name, doesn't just sit with the Cullens from now on. I'd never noticed what an unpleasant, nasally voice she had, and I was surprised by the malice in it. I really didn't know her well at all, certainly not well enough for her to dislike me, or so I'd thought. Well, you thought wrong, Bella. You thought wrong. <laughs> Lauren certainly doesn't like you. Yeah, so Lauren sucks. It's not really clear why she doesn't, but Lauren just does not. Just, <laughs> like I just her. love this this antagonist that is so one-sided. Bella's like living her life over here and effing Lauren just sucks. Yeah, Bella has not been great to her new friends, but she hasn't been blatantly mean. No, she hasn't done anything to Lauren. This is you know her. Lauren sucks. <laughs> yeah, Lauren sucks. We are not team Lauren. Yeah, they're gonna go on it's Saturday now and they're gonna go on this this trip to the beach and it's surprisingly like what 60 degrees it's like oh this is nice yeah it was sunny we got some sunshine we got some good Mm -hmm. times so they meet up in cars to go to the beach and they're gonna meet at Mike's parents store which is Newton's Olympic Outfitters when I first read that I was like oh I wonder if this is a real store in the area and I Mm -hmm. googled it and then I was like wait this is a fictional shop that was mentioned earlier when Charlie was talking about Mike's parents and I did didn't realize that because I forgot Mike's last name because he's yes. so forgettable. Now we are going to take a quick break to hear from a fake word from our fake sponsor. Are you an avid hiker and in need of some clutch new equipment? Are you planning on taking a dangerous trek to the Goat Rocks Wilderness? Or perhaps just an afternoon outing to La Push? Then stop on by Newton's Olympic Outfitters, the perfect place for you and your family of definitely not vampires to stock up on all the latest gear, boots, bear traps, and more. Use code KowskiCast to save 10% of your next purchase of beef jerky. Newton Olympic Outfitters, the outdoor store with a bite. <laughs> oh my god, I want to go. I want to buy vampire repellent at Newton's Olympic Outfitters. Oh, that would have been good for the 10% off code, but yeah. it's only relevant for beef jerky, I'm afraid. Well, maybe they can eat that instead of my blood. It'll work basically yes. the same. Yes, And now we're back. So they meet there and we got some more randos showing up in this. Oh yeah. We got um Ben and Connor. Who <laughs> no are two introduction, dudes. just like, nope. oh, Ben and Connor are here. Who? I'm sorry. Yeah. And then Lee and Samantha, who apparently we heard about. Yeah. Lee, who hates blood also. I thought Lee was a chick when I was reading this chapter. I think Lee is dating Samantha. That was the context clues I got because they were like, we're waiting on Lee and Samantha who are coming together. Maybe they're siblings. I don't know. These people are so forgettable. They really are. And then there's a bunch of random girls who they don't even bother naming except for Lauren. So F Lauren number two. Three other girls stood with them, including one I remembered falling over in gym on Friday. (laughs) That one gave me a dirty look as I got out of the truck and whispered something to Lauren. Lauren shook out her corn silk hair and eyed me scornfully. Oof. Lauren. What does that girl have to, like, obviously Bella hasn't met this girl before. So there's no reason she should be talking trash about her. Other than like, ooh, that girl tripped over me in gym and it hurt my pinky toe. Like, come on. I mean, I guess it's high school and people are 
jerks, but... Yeah, they they definitely are. And Lauren's going to capitalize on any time to side with people who don't like Bella. True. So they go to La Push and they go to First Beach. And Bella has been here before. She says that she's enjoyed her trips. It was like one of the few things she liked about going to Forks with her dad was to go to the beach. Yeah. And it's kind of cool. They make a driftwood fire and there's like the salt in the wood makes the flames blue green, which I also vividly remember learning about in high school or, or maybe or maybe middle school. Oh, really? I didn't know that. I've even read this book before and I forgot. I remember some teacher like putting chemicals on like and then lighting a match and showing us how the flames were different mm. colors based on different things. Yeah, in them, that's so. pretty cool. I want to try it now. And I actually like enjoyed the way Stephanie Meyer described the beach. I There was like a really good description of all the colors and the feel and all the driftwood coming up with like the rocky cliffs and the rocky beach. And I've never been to a West Coast beach, so I don't really know what that looks like in person at least. And I feel like I got a really vivid image of it. So snaps. They say that there's only a really small crescent of sand and most of it is like pebbles or bigger stones that are a bunch of different colors. And they, yeah, there's all this like bleached white driftwood from the ocean. So it's definitely really interesting. So they go on this hike to the tidal pools, which is another part that I had forgotten about this book. I like this line where it says, the green light of the forest was strangely at odds with the adolescent laughter, too murky and ominous to be in harmony with the light banter around me, which I think is kind of like a metaphor for this whole book, right? You got this light atmosphere of high school students and sort of what's going on with Mike and Jessica and all that. And then there's this darker, more creepy thing happening in Forks with the Cullen family. It's a symbol. Now, the tidal pools do not appeal to me in the slightest. Sea life kind of creeps me out. Don't feel the need to sit around <laughs> But you and can watch see the some... bottom. I don't like that. People say, oh, it's scary to swim in water that's all dark and you can't see the bottom. I've been to Hawaii where the water is crystal clear and you can see 20 feet below you and it is terrifying. I don't need to see fish swimming all around below me. That's I don't want to see it coming. I don't, don't want to see it at all. I don't like aquariums. <laughs> fish are creepy. They're like real, but like, are they? Fish are indeed real. Mm, I don't know. They are living creatures. I liked the tide. I would love to see tide pools. I think it's cool. It's like a little, so when the tide, high tide comes in, it fills in these like rocky crags in the rocky beach full of water. And there's just like constantly water there. But as the tide goes out, it disconnects it from the rest of the ocean. So you get this like tiny little ecosystem. Ooh. Not a fan. Ooh, I'm looking up pictures. <laughs> Ooh, a lot of starfish. I wish you guys could see the face she's making on Zoom. A lot of shells. It looks, there's so many starfish. It's so creepy. Ooh. Did you like the description of starfish sticking to everything and each other? What about a nice stack mm. of starfish? What do you think of that? <laughs> a nice stack of starfish. Oh, wait. How how quickly I forgot. We skipped over another F. Lauren here. Oh. So it says that the reason Bella goes to the tide pools is because it says Lauren was the one who made my decision for me. She didn't want to hike and she definitely was wearing the wrong shoes for it. <laughs> You know what this reminds me of? What? This reminds me of Taylor Swift's You Belong With Me when she's like, she wears high heels, I wear sneakers. <laughs> Yeah, Bella is definitely like a Swifty there. Yeah, she's the blonde good Taylor Swift. Lauren is the dark-haired evil Taylor Swift in the music video. Yeah, so she wonders what Edward's doing now. Hey, look, we made it this far into a chapter without her mentioning him, but had to come up at some point. Mm -hmm. Okay, she also says that on the hike back, because she's trying to keep up with everybody, she falls down a few times. And I just want to, let's just like, here's the thing. She potatoed around a lot in the woods. I get being clumsy. I get tripping over roots and things. But in order to scrape your hands and get grass stains on your knees, like it describes, that means you're straight up dropping to the floor multiple times. <laughs> like at speed. You get grass stains when you skid on the grass. Right. Most people who who are clumsy, they'll trip over stuff, but they don't completely fall to the ground. They're like, you know, you catch yourself yeah. a little bit when you trip. And then you're like, oh, whoops. Bella. Yeah. Come on, girl. Do she's better. Chaotic. She's like chaotic <laughs> neutral. Yeah. I think she's probably chaotic neutral. Yeah. It's probably true. Yeah. I think I'm more neutral neutral. Neutral neutral. <laughs> Maybe I'm true neutral. good. I don't what know. am I? I don't know. You're like lawful neutral. I don't know. Lawful neutral. <laughs> That's so know. boring. Anyway, I know. I'm Ugh. sorry. Okay. Then they get back to the beach once she's done potatoing around in the woods. And she sees the people hanging out at the little bonfire have multiplied because there's some local teens from the reservation who are now hanging out with them. And one of them is <gasps> Jacob Black. Ooh. 
we see Jacob for the first time. Are you a Jacob Black fan? I am. After rereading this one introduction of Jacob for the first time in, I don't know, five years, I don't think I was a strong team Jacob or team Edward back in the day because I didn't really care. But (laughs) I like Jacob from this encounter. Yeah, so he's friendly, but he also just kind of reminds me of like, I I like Jacob later on, but Jacob in this chapter, I don't see how he's any different than like Mike and Eric and all these other guys who like Bella. That's the thing, I I like Mike. (laughs) Okay, well, that's fine. But I, I think like he's definitely just as admiring of her and as, you know, interested in her clearly, but he's, he's a little younger, which maybe makes her feel more comfortable around him. And while she probably, hard to tell if she really met him before, so his dad is Billy Black, the guy who gave the truck to her dad that she now owns. And uh, it sounds like she knew his sisters. He had two uh, twin older sisters, Rachel and Rebecca, who they she had hung out with in the past. She kind of has a connection there, which I guess must be nice because she's probably still feeling a little bit like the new kid and it's good to have some sort of relationship that you can, I don't know. It's like when you, when you meet people and you find out that they went to the same college as you mm-hmm. you can be like oh let me i have something i need to talk about ground. right i feel like he's fine you know whatever but he's like 15 yeah he's a little kid he's got a ponytail so he says here that he was really glad that his dad gave the truck away because now he's going to be able to build a new car for them and he says you wouldn't happen to have a master cylinder for a 1986 volkswagen rabbit would you and i don't know why this line really made me think of the star wars video game that we used to play growing Which up one? Uh, i say used to play <laughs> i played this like a year ago it's it's great star wars the phantom menace which may not be the best star wars movie but it's certainly the best video game <laughs> And there's just this whole part where you go to Tatooine and you're like asking everyone who will listen, I'm looking for a T-14 hyperdrive generator. (laughs) It's like one of those sound bites that's emblazed into your mind. Right. One of those sound bites. Like every time you meet a person, you have four options of what you can say. And it's like, what's going on? Do you know where Watto is? (laughs) Do you have a T-14 hyperdrive generator? (laughs) Uh, So there's always that. And that cracked me up. But of course, with Jacob being here and being all admiring of Bella, we have to have yet another F. Lauren. So Lauren says, you know Bella, Jacob? Lauren asked in what I imagined was an insolent tone. Now, what about this? What about this conspiracy theory? Maybe, maybe Lauren isn't mean. Maybe she likes Bella, kind of, or is just kind of, you know, indifferent. And Bella is now imagining that she's insolent. What if she really said, oh, you know Bella, Jacob? What if before she said, man, I don't know why Bella doesn't just sit with the Cullens from now on. She seems to really get along with them. Conspiracy theory. You know, Bella seems to make a lot of problems for herself, like when she literally moved across the country when she didn't have to and she didn't want to. Mm -hmm. So that that could be a thing, especially because the quote literally is in what I imagined was an insolent tone. Yeah, so I think we should just keep track and see if maybe in the future, Bella might just be reading into things okay. a little bit here. Maybe I'll anyway. keep Lauren on my team tentatively. She's on yeah. probation, but like she's not kicked right. off yet. Yeah, still on your squad. Yeah. Then Lauren also says some other kind of snarky things about like, oh, why didn't the Cullens come? Did nobody invite them? And this is when one of the kids from the reservation, who they said looks more like the leader, he's the older one, he's 19, Sam, he says, the Cullens don't come here. <laughs> nice deep voice. For reference, Thanks. in the book, they said Sam has a deep voice. Yes, thank that you. That was good. Right. Good So, Sam. yeah. And then Bella tries to flirt with Jacob to get some information <laughs> about this. <laughs> She's like, all of a sudden, I had an idea. And I asked Jacob to go on a romantic beach walk with me because she wants to, like, learn more about why the Cullens don't come here because she's obsessed with Edward. But, I mean, Jacob's already kind of her friend. I feel like she didn't need to flirt with him. (laughs) She didn't need to flirt with him. And she's like, oh, us kids, it's so weird that Sam is here. He seems too old to be hanging out with us. young yin she's like batting her eyes at him and she's like do you come to forks often when you do we should totally hang yeah she like does she keeps saying that she's trying to like look up through her eyelashes which i keep trying to picture what that means because i feel like i can kind of kind of picture it but like you'd have to have someone who's like really tall above you to like look up i don't really get it it just doesn't seem sexy to me but maybe that's just me that and the crooked smile i just can't i feel like it's those things that you you see in literature but like you're right you you read it and you're like oh yeah 
look up through your eyelashes. But then you'd think about it, you try to do it, and it, it doesn't feel sexy. What on earth does smoldering eyes mean? I can't make my <laughs> eyes. Is that like smizing? I think so. Or just like intense eye contact. Here, I'm going to stare at you and then I'm going to try smolder to smolder me. and you okay. tell me. <laughs> Wait, let okay. me make your thing unminimized. Okay. Okay, smolder me. All right, here's me staring and that here's me smoldering. <laughs> I, I just saw your it. eyebrows raise. I didn't, I didn't see anything with the eyes. Uh, I can't do it. I don't really know. Okay. Yeah, I tried to smize the other day and because like we're wearing masks now because of, right. of COVID and I was in public and I was like, okay, when you smile at people, you have to smile with your eyes because you can't really like communicate like, oh, I'm happy. So I was like, as a someone, I was like, okay, I'm going to try to smile without smiling and you tell me if it looks like I'm smiling. Mm-hmm. And he was like, no, not at all. <laughs> Yeah, I keep, I still keep smiling at people when I pass them mm-hmm. w- under the mask, and then yeah. like they can't see, and it probably just looks like I'm squinting my eyes at them. <laughs> when I smile. Right. Oh well, I tried. Yeah. Anyway, I- although I do like the part where she is talking about Sam, and she's like, "Who is that other boy?" And I, I do feel like Bella would be good at reality TV shows, strategy, social strategy mm. ones. Like you picture her on Survivor, or Big Brother, or something. Mm-hmm. I definitely feel like she could be like, "Oh, Jacob, I'm so glad that we're a team, not like." those other people like we're in an alliance like like she can read the room sometimes sometimes and then sometimes she certainly can't i feel like she has the tools she just needs to use them she's got the strategy i don't think she knows when to use it though because she did not need to flirt with jacob right now (sighs) exactly exactly so jacob's gonna tell her a scary story from his his tribe of quillute i believe that's i googled how to pronounce it i believe that's correct i apologize if it's not quillute Yes. So he talks about the great floods, meaning like the biblical great flood, Mm -hmm. I believe, and how they tied their canoes to the trees. He says that the Quileute people descended from wolves and that wolves are their brothers still and that they can they can turn into wolves. You would call them werewolves. I'm going to stop you here. No, we wouldn't. That's not what a werewolf is. That's a shapeshifter. You're shapeshifting into a wolf, but a person who turns into a wolf is not a werewolf. A werewolf is a human-wolf hybrid. Whoa. I've not thought about the technicalities of this. Well, I'm just saying, it's not, that's not what a werewolf is. Like, let me look up the definition of werewolf. I'm thinking of, like, Harry Potter werewolf. It's, like, it's it's not their choice. A werewolf is a separate creature. It's, now, Harry Potter, let's ignore the movie for a second, because I don't know what that was supposed to be. That's not what. (laughs) Gollum with teeth. It's like a per, you know, a person or a, or a creature who usually like walks on two legs for the most part or can, can stand up all big, but is like got a lot of wolfish. It's mostly looks wolfish. Okay. A, a werewolf is a human with the ability to, mm, okay, now now it says shapeshift into wolf. That's not, that's not correct <laughs> though. It's not. by Google. No, no, no. I, that, I, dis, I disagree with this werewolf definition. Let me find, okay. Because all of these pictures, it's not a wolf. It's like a human wolf hybrid. Right. It's not just a person who turns into a normal wolf. But it is. I don't think it is. I mean, not to spoil anything. Right, I'm just saying, I think they're using the wrong word here. I think shapeshifter is more correct. Okay. It's like Beast Boy. What's that from? From Teen Titans. (laughs) Beast Boy. Remember when Taylor Lautner was Lava Boy or whatever? No, he was Shark Boy. It's Shark Boy and Lava Girl. (laughs) (laughs) Lava Boy. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And Shark Boy did not turn into a shark, by the way. He turned into a human shark hybrid. I wouldn't know. I've never seen it. I don't think I've ever... I've never seen (laughs) Shark Boy and Lava Girl, but I just watched a video on Shark Boy and Lava Girl the other day. Anyway, so... I'm just going to say, no, that's shape-shifting. Okay. I'm I'm not going to fight you on that. Right. (laughs) So then he starts talking about the quote-unquote cold ones, which here's the thing. I don't know because I didn't do this research. I don't know if the Quileute tribe really does have any kind of lore about cold ones, and this is something that she took from that. But in my opinion, this using the term cold ones was a just clever way of like, how can we talk about vampires without directly calling them vampires for a couple (laughs) paragraphs so that it can be a big reveal at the end? I feel Mm, like that's what it was. Yeah, I think you're right. So he said that his great-grandfather, who was one of the tribe elders made a treaty that keeps the cold ones off their land and the cold ones are the enemies of the werewolf and that there was this pack of cold ones that were supposed to be different so that's why they made a treaty instead of just like killing them because this one apparently can feed on animals not humans and that they're not supposed to be dangerous right and i just thought it was funny that so jacob's telling this story he's like the cold ones are the natural enemies of the wolf you would call them werewolves bella's first reaction is werewolves have enemies not werewolves are real (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. She just jumps right on board. 
she's like, hold up. I know that Edward's not a werewolf, so I don't care about this. I'm just trying to <laughs> nail down what he is, though. Like, not <laughs> not taking enough time to believe that werewolves could at all be real. Yes. And spoilers, even after she discovers at the end of this, this is not really a spoiler, at the end of this chapter, when he says that the cold ones are vampires, she does not at any point think, huh, wonder if werewolves are real. Yeah. <laughs> she just jumps right on board with this story. Just like, okay, sure, I'll buy this whole vampire thing, <laughs> but like werewolves. Mm. She's struggling with vampires, but werewolves? Nah. Nah, it's fine. So, yeah, and apparently that this pack of cold ones that Jacob's great-grandfather met and debated the treaty with are the same pack who is the Cullen family. Yes. It's not like they're the same breed, like they are the same people. Yes. Jacob reveals the Cullens are cold ones. Cold ones that have somehow been here for minimum 100 years. They're not allowed on the beach. Or in any Quileute territory. Yeah, not on not on the reservation. It sounds mm-hmm. like. I also think it's pretty funny when he's like, "Oh, they're they're vampires." Whoops! Guess I just broke the treaty by telling you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he said it so casually. Like Jacob just doesn't care. He like clearly does not buy into this. Yeah, lore at all. Yeah, and he finally said it. He said the word vampire. He's like vampire. Say yeah. it out loud. <laughs> he's like cold ones. You would know them as vampires. Dun dun dun. Hey yo. Hey yo. So that happens, and then she's like, oh, this Jacob guy, he's real chill. I feel like I could be friends with him. Why? <laughs> I still don't understand how he's any different than Mike. Like, I think it's just that she sees him as not a real threat because he's like 15. True. How old is she? She's 17? 17. I guess two years is a lot when you're in the, high school. The difference school. between 15 and 17, I think, is much bigger than the difference between, like, 17 and 19. Yeah. Because when I first read that, she was like, wow, I could really be friends with Jacob. I was like, why not lovers? <laughs> why are you immediately disqualifying him? He's, like, the first person you've genuinely liked. Yeah. But now that I think about it, like, two years was a lot in high school. Because that'd be, like, you're a junior, that's a freshman. Right. And and I'm totally fine. Which, by the way, I did know some juniors who dated some freshmen True. when we were and in high school. Weird. But still. Yeah, it was a little bit. <laughs> At the time. It was weird. At the time. I do feel like it's, look, fine, great. I'm glad you have a friend, Bella. But you still need a girlfriend that you can, like, hang with. Or, or a guy friend who's not interested in you. Mm-hmm. That you can talk about Edward with. So yeah. we haven't gotten there yet, but we're working on it. We're working on it. Jacob's cool. I'm going to like preemptively say I like Jacob so far a lot better than I like Edward. We've seen one scene I know, from but him. he was just friendly and like normal. Edward's so bleh. <laughs> well, we'll keep tabs on that. Okay. We'll see how this whole Jacob situation goes. We'll see. So for anyone interested, much like a lot of the other stuff we talked about in this book, with the exception of Newton's Olympic Outfitters, the Quileutes are real people and they really do live in outright outside of Forks, Washington, La Push, real, First Beach, real. That is a merry misinterpretation, though, <laughs> is that when I read this for the first time, I was like, First Beach, interesting name, like calling it First Beach. That's like clever, I guess, for like whatever reason. No, I looked it up. It's like, it's literally like First Beach and then there's Second Second Beach, also. <laughs> like, as you go down the coast. Yeah, like, I, I thought, I, I don't know, I thought it was, like, named after something. I didn't realize it was, like, it's literally the first <laughs> beach. It's like, it'd be, like, Beach 1, Beach 2. It's named after the founder of Forks, Jonathan First. Yeah, that's what I, I thought it was, like, something cool like that. So, anyway. Mm. Yeah, I, I looked up something cool, too, though, because I wanted to learn more about, like, the Quileute tribal lands. And I saw this video of this woman who was part of the Quileute tribe, and she was talking about how the Twilight novels actually brought a lot of tourism to the Quileute tribal lands and helped them financially and gave them a lot of, like, media attention. And at the time, there was a northern boundary dispute, and all this media attention allowed them to, like, push Congress on this dispute, which led to President Obama signing a document stating this, that the land that was disputed belonged to the reservation. So, steps for Twilight. Getting awesome. things done. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's really awesome that something good came out of Twilight. I, Forks, Washington in general, I know, got a lot of tourism after after the Twilight books came out. And, you know, tourism is, is hit or miss. It, it can be annoying at times and stuff. But but I do think it did help them, you know, get, get money coming into their, their town. Yeah. Which is interesting. It was that description of the beach. It did it. Everyone was <laughs> yeah, like, I want to really go was. there. It really was. So let's talk about a couple things here. First off, we're going to up our list here. We've got four total F. Lawrence yep. from this chapter, which brings our total up to five. 
What was the first F, Lauren? What did she do? I think it was something about being rude about Bella. Lauren's only character trait. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was something about Tyler asking her to the dance and she like glared at her and Bella was like, what's up with her? And then Jessica was like, oh yeah, she doesn't like you because she likes Tyler or oh, something. Okay. But it seems like Lauren did in fact ask Tyler to the dance. So okay. she's going with him and Angela's going with Eric. So yay. Yeah. They can have fun. Lauren can suck it. Yeah. So what do you think was the worst line? I I have one. From these two chapters. Yes. So my worst line occurred during the lunch conversation. Edward notices Bella's not eating anything. And he's like, aren't you hungry? He asked, distracted. No. I didn't feel like mentioning that my stomach was already full. Of butterflies. <laughs> oh, oh, God. So bad. So bad. Yeah, that one's not great. Cringe. That one's not great. I don't I don't even need to explain why it's bad. You get it. Yeah, no, that's pretty bad. I, I had a hard time with the best line because I liked a lot of them. I liked a lot of the lines that I'd mentioned earlier in that lunch conversation. I did note that there was another weird sentence. The sentence was just the word whoops, period. <laughs> and like that's not a that's not a thing. Like not dialogue, like description. Internal monologue <laughs> from from Bella saying whoops. Thought that was funny. Nice. I almost used that as my best line. <laughs> Instead I'm saying it's the one where she asks Edward, like, hey, why are you talking to me again? And he said, yep, I'm giving up trying to be good. I'm just going to do what I want now and let the chips fall where they may. And I like that one because I feel like that's what we all need a little bit in our life sometimes. Just giving up being good. You just just doing what you want every once okay. in a while, you know, within reason. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Sometimes you just gotta like, I don't know, stop following the rules as long as you're not hurting anyone or hurting yourself. <laughs> I'm trying to justify this line. I'm trying to get on board with you. <laughs> it will also just one of my favorite lines from from one of my favorite movies, She's the Man, is when oh, yeah. she says, I'm just going to let the chips fall where they may. And I love that You're one. You're right. Shout out to Amanda Byrne. Amanda Byrne. Amanda <laughs> Byrne. Amanda Bynes. That's yeah. it. Shout out to Amanda Bynes. Yes. While there was no Bella actually cooking food, I am going to give the lemonade bottle a 0.5 points. <laughs> for the food count. It, for the food count. So we're up to 2.5. Cool. On that. Where cool. are we with potatoes? Potatoes. So we didn't have any potatoes in chapter five. I was really impressed. She stayed on her feet the whole time. She didn't drop anything. She was like a good human in chapter five. Like, good job, Bella. Chapter six, not the same. We had three potatoes. And we talked about a few of these already. We talked about this one. The first was Lauren when she brought her posse to the beach. And three other girls stood with them, including one I remembered falling over in gym on Friday. Again, with the hurting people in gym. How are you falling over people? I don't understand. I don't know. The second one, she's talking about the tide pools and how she used to go there with her dad. It's quote, On the one hand, I loved the tide pools. They had fascinated me since I was a child. They were one of the only things I ever looked forward to when I had come to Forks. On the other hand, I'd also fallen into them a lot. <laughs> a lot? And then the third potato... This is shortly after the quote of falling into the tide pools a lot. We talked about this one as well. On the way back through the woods from seeing the tidal pools, I tried to keep up better this time through the woods, so naturally I fell a few times. I got some sallow scrapes on my palms, and the knees on my jeans were stained green, but it could have been worse. Okay, and we talked about noting when she injured herself in following chapters. She got some scrapes on her palms. There's probably blood. Probably. She is fine. I don't understand. She's selectively afraid of blood. And yeah, moving quickly through the woods or like keeping pace with other people her age means potatoing around in the woods. So that brings us to a total for these two chapters of three potatoes or a running total. I think it was 14 last time. Yes. So a running total of 17 potatoes. What can you so do with many 17 potatoes. potatoes? You can put them all in a potato gun and shoot. 17 What's like, werewolves. What? 17 gerbils? <laughs> I said werewolves. werewolves. You could also shoot 17 gerbils. That'd be a lot crueler, though. Shoot the werewolves instead. Yeah, yeah. So uh, another thing that we keep mentioning is our apparently Captain America Civil War Twilight teams, <laughs> which we've got the Team Pro slash Team Mary and then the Team Con slash Team Rachel. So far on the Team Mary, we have Mike and Carlisle Cullen. Here's the thing. I'm assuming that all of these are uh, niche references to whatever we were talking about in the previous podcast. Yeah, they're not going to make great sense. I no longer remember this but it's fine we're gonna continue um team con we've got lauren and iron man <laughs> iron man's part of this universe like don't question it do we have anyone we need to add to our teams i think rachel's gonna get jacob right i want jacob i'm claiming him early okay okay you can take jacob and i'm gonna take lee lee stevens because he passes out like uh bella 
Wow. I forgot who that was for a second. <laughs> yeah, well, we're going to keep forgetting, okay. but he's on my team. All right. So we'll keep doing that. Chapter rankings. Yes. So here's the thing. I've already mentioned that chapter five is one of my favorites, but I do feel like chapter six is more important given the overall book and series as a whole. I would argue that both of these chapters are the two best chapters we've read so far, potentially. I agree. Thoughts? Okay. Yeah. So maybe in first place, chapter six. I'm a fan of chapter six. I'm surprised you said that. I thought you said chapter Chapter 5 was your favorite. Chapter 5 is my favorite. Okay. But I feel like this list should be what sh- the ranking of chapters as they are like important to the book or the series as a whole as well. I see. Okay. I agree because we dropped the V word in, in chapter 6. And by V word, I mean vampire. <laughs> yes, which is important. Blood type, I feel like is important to also yes. hint at that and also really set up a lot of Bella and Edward's relationship. So that's why I think that's important. Okay. So that those are our first two. And then we've got in third place chapter two open book which was the first time they had a real conversation in fourth place chapter four invitations which we both just thought was a very lighthearted, fun chapter fifth place chapter three phenomenon the one with the accident which mostly we lowered this because it's kind of pivotal but most of the chapter takes place in the hospitals and also bella was a nightmare in that chapter. She really was. And then in sixth place, chapter one, first sight, when not much happened, that we did like the initial cafeteria scene. You can find our chapter rankings on our website, as well as all of these other fun things that we're keeping track of. They will be on the website as well. So feel free to check that out on the Twifight page. Anything else you want to talk about with these two chapters? I'm excited we're meeting new characters. Because everyone's so forgettable. I'm excited Jacob is in this now. Jacob has come out to play in the light of the full moon. What about you? I liked that we had a chapter that didn't take place at the high school. That was nice. Me too. It's kind of fun. I liked doing something different. I liked learning about like the Quilliac tribe as well. Even though like it's biased in the book, it encouraged me to then go learn more. Right, but it it, uh, it has introduced us to some new people, new places, new locations that we can come back to in the future, which is fun. All right, well, feel free to send us comments and questions on our website or on Twitter at KowskiCast. That's cow with a K. The website is also KowskiCast.com. That's cow with a K. You can follow me online at Frail Mary everywhere, and you can follow Rachel at Stukin on Twitter. That's S-T-U-U-U-K-E-N. Three U's for the Stukin. <laughs> and if you enjoyed the podcast, shoot us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. It's the best way for people to find our show and join Team Con or Team Pro. Yes, let us know in the in the ratings. All right, everyone, that's it for this week's episode. Thank you for joining us, and we'll be back next week for our rereads of chapters seven and eight. For now, we're the Kowski Cast. Thanks for listening, Twihards and fellow haters. Goodbye. Every morning when I wake up, I ask myself if Actually, here, can you say the word twihard real quick? Twihard. Why? Like dictionary? I'm going to use that. Oh. I like to use funny words to bleep things. Oh, nice.